1: This
2: is not theory. This is practice. Many of you have never forgiven that individual, that situation. You've been taught you can. It's a process. You have to go back and back and back and back. It's not. It's instantaneous healing by God. Supernatural. Well, I don't expect God to do that. Then it will not happen in your life. God's able to do exceeding abundant anything you can ask or think. And His will is for us to live in freedom. Freedom. Freedom means I have to forgive those people
0: who have hurt me. Forgiveness can be one of the most foreign concepts to those of us who have experienced betrayal, malice, or wrongdoing from others. Whether it's a bad business deal, a marital affair, or even persecution, we can often find it impossible by our own strength. In today's edition of Lessons for Living, Pastor Mark teaches us the importance of forgiveness. In our study, we learn how our entire faith hinges upon forgiveness, and how God gives us the strength to forgive those who wrong us, just as we've been forgiven by God. Pastor Mark teaches us that we're to do likewise. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark with his continuing study entitled, How to Pray.
2: Today, you today have hard hearts. You didn't realize that this anger and wrath and slander and hate and the desire to see somebody else suffer, well, it's not really harming them, it's, it's harming you. And this root of bitterness grows and it grows very deep. You see, life is too short to live with hurts. The world says get even, The world says get revenge, but God says forgive. Let me show you Ephesians. Ephesians 4 speaks it very clearly to us. Notice what it says. Let all bitterness, and here's the the fruit of bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, trying to wish harm on another person, and evil speaking, well, let it be put away from you with all malice. And instead, be, be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God has forgiven you. You say, Pastor Micah, I can't forgive that person. Yes, you can. I can forgive that person because God gives us the power to forgive. God never says to me, okay, Mark, and the, and the Lord's Prayer, I want you to pray this. God, forgive me of my sins. Oh, I can do that. But then you have to forgive others as you've been forgiven. Oh, I can't do that. Yes, you can. I command you to do it. God never commands me to do something that I can't do with Him, so that's why you have to write. We are able to forgive because God gives us the power. This is not a mind game. This is not something you're playing with. This is not something that. And let me just stop for a moment and and say something to you, you know, from my heart. I'm going to speak it two or three times today, right to you. And I want you to listen to me very carefully. We're studying the Lord's Prayer, the Disciple's Prayer. This is not a prayer of theory i put it on the wall. Wow, this is really good. Look at these really theories. i got to forgive people. Wow, I like that. That's really neat. Let's see if we can color it up and paint it. I might even do a little picture and crochet something over, whatever. I'll put it on a pillow. That's wonderful. No, this is not theory. This is practice. Many of you have never forgiven that individual, that situation. You've been taught you can. It's a process. You have to go back and back and back and back. It's not. It's instantaneous healing by God. Supernatural. Well, I don't expect God to do that. Then it will not happen in your life. God's able to do exceeding abundant anything you can ask or think. And his will is for us to live in freedom. Freedom means I have to forgive those people who have hurt me. Now, listen to this saying, and I think it's, it's powerful. Once our eyes, from John Stott, once our eyes have been opened to the enormity of our offense against God, the injuries which other, others have done to us appear by comparison Very small. If on the other hand, we have an exaggerated view of our offenses of others, it proves that we have minimized our own. Write this down. Since we are forgiven people, we should be forgiving people. See, the first part of the prayer is, God forgive me of my sins, things I did today, sins of omission, commission. I don't make excuses for them. I know they're wrong. I ask your forgiveness. The second part is, I may have sinned by holding resentment against you because you've hurt me. God says, no, you have to forgive that. You have to forgive that person. You have to let it go. As I let it go, and I forgive them, God takes care of the consequences. I forgive them. I don't let them beat me up. I don't let them rape me again. I don't let them take advantage of me again. I don't go in business with people that have cheated me. No, I'm not stupid. But I let God take care of all of that. I walk away in freedom. Did you get it this morning? Okay, okay. This is a daily deal because my heart is very easy to get hardened overnight. That's what happens to heart. It gets hardened overnight. Now, are you glad you're through with that part? How many are glad to say, I'm, I'm glad I'm through with all that stuff about forgiving people and all that? Praise God. I am too. Except God isn't. You say, well, yes, he is. Because look, look at the next verse. The next verse in verse 14 changes. I mean, uh, the, the next verse in verse 13 changes. Well, let me show you. Look at verse 14 and 15. Just say with me before you look God is not true. God is not true. Let's read it. Look what he says. For if you forgive men when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. Well, wait a minute. What is he doing? He's bringing up the topic again. Why? Why is he emphasizing it again? Because he knows this is where we have trouble. He knows how we hurt each other. He knows how spouses really hurt with words, like knives. And so he says, I'm not through. Re-emphasize. Listen. And he says in this verse, For if you forgive men when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their sins, in other words, those people who have hurt you, your Father will not forgive your sins. What does that verse say? The verse says, if I don't forgive those people who have hurt me, as I just told you, God won't forgive me. Well, what is the real meaning of that verse, Pastor Mark? If I don't forgive those who hurt me. God will not forgive me. Do I need God's forgiveness? How important is it? Does that mean... Well, let me make this statement first. Unforgiveness doesn't affect our salvation. This is written to Christians. We're not saved by works. In other words, I'm not saved by forgiving you. I'm already saved by Jesus. But, but, Jesus is saying that this unforgiveness will affect my relationship with God. If I don't forgive people when they hurt me, it will affect me spiritually, physically, and emotionally. Let me give you some examples. Let's say you've hurt me, or my spouse has hurt me, and I don't I don't forgive my spouse. She said something, or somebody at work did something, and I don't forgive them. I just won't forgive them. Listen to me very carefully. Until I do, God doesn't hear my prayers. See, the Bible teaches... That if I have sin in my heart, God doesn't hear me. Why? Only thing God's interested in when I have sin in my heart is me to confess to God. God says, here's the area, and he, and he pinpoints it. He's already done that for many of you this morning. He's pinpointed the area where you haven't forgiven somebody. And you say, well, I wondered why it seems like when I give my prayers, they go to the ceiling and bounce back. Well, they have. Because he wants you to be right with him before he even answers any of your other prayers. So spiritually, if I don't forgive somebody else, God doesn't forgive me. If my sins are unforgiven, then I don't have communication with God. Is that important? I mean, I can't live without God. Second, emotionally, with unforgiveness, you will not be at peace with God. You see... What happens in our lives, the Bible says in First John, where you were, as I walk in the light, as he's in the light, I have fellowship with one another and with him, and we just have a great time of peace, and, and I can get up in the morning and say, God, forgive me, our Father who art in heaven, man, forgive me today, and I forgive my wife from yesterday and whatever I should have done it last night, God, I ask your forgiveness right now, he forgives me, I go to my wife, I get that resolved, and I move on in the peace of God. So during the day, I have peace. I have his direction. We're back in communication again. We're flowing together again. If I don't have that, I'm walking by myself. So emotionally, I don't have peace with God. That's a miserable place to be. I'm responsible for that, not God. Third, you say, Pastor Mark, you said it affects us physically. i not forgiving other people when they've hurt us, affects us physically. Yes, it does. You see, when I'm hurt, when revenge and anger and bitterness start to grow inside me, it's an emotional thing, it's a spiritual thing, but it's very much a physical thing. I worked in the medical field, as you know, for about 30 years. And we knew all through those years, I just continue to hear the reports today, many of our hospitals would be emptied of people if they learn what we're talking about this morning. You see, because when you hold resentment against somebody, all I have to say is the name, let's say Bob or Julie hurt you. All I have to say is the word Bob or Julie or the company, whatever, company X, Harris, whatever, doesn't matter who fired you or whatever. Just mention the name. And you say, well, it doesn't really affect me. Here's what happens. It goes to your brain and we have hormones. And those hormones start to affect us. One of the first things that happens with those hormones, our blood vessels get constricted. Pretty soon it's harder for our heart to pump. We get hardening of the arteries. We get heart disease. We get ulcers. We get depression. Now, not all of that comes from unforgiveness, but a huge amount does. And we're responsible for it. Bob, Susie, (laughs) You know what I'm talking about. And because of that, we take all these medicines. Nothing wrong with medicine. That's what I did for 30 years. But many of you wouldn't need, not all of you, but many of you wouldn't need those if you got your heart right. David in the Old Testament was one year that he wouldn't confess a sin. And you read it in Psalms. He says, "I was my bones dried up within me. He became a shell of a man until he finally said, God, Forgive me. Where are you this morning? This is not theory. This is practice. It's a daily, daily practice. Now, the last thing I want you to write is simply this. To enjoy life, I'm sure you want to, we must learn to handle the hurts of life by forgiving. You'll have an opportunity to do it at the end of the service. Many of you have, were not here when we started the year. I did a, a series called Real Hurts, Real Forgiveness, Real Freedom. It's a DVD series. It's put up in a wonderful album. You can pick it up this morning. This album has sold more than anything else we did in the last 13 years. In fact, I had a church call me last month. In Oklahoma, they said somehow a relative goes to your church. We got a hold of this. We want permission to teach it to every small group in our whole church. You need it. Follow through with it. You can pick it up at the media ministry. You can pick it up at the bookstore. By the way, our media ministry is open from 10 to 2 every day, Monday through Friday. So if you don't get it this morning, you can get it later. Now let's look at the next verse. Jesus is through with the topic, finally. We go on to another one. Look at verse 13. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Right by verse 13, just write these two words. God's protection. Why is this a daily prayer? What is temptation? Well, you know what temptation is. I don't have to define it for you. But picture this. It's simply an appealing invitation to take the wrong road. To sin and move away from the will of God. What is temptation? Satan is a, a master at tempting us. And of course we have a part, we'll see in a moment, ourselves. So, I, I'm on the road of life. God says, don't go there. I go there. Satan tempts me. You're on a diet. You go down the road. The and dazs is right on the corner. You know where it is. You shouldn't even drive by that place. You should go a different direction. But what do you do? You drive and you stand outside. And you see what the flavors are for today. How many can say a word with me called stupid? Just say the word stupid. Just say the word stupid, stupid. See, before long as you're out there and you're watching people come out with the banana splits and whatever, guess where the next place you're going to be? Inside. And you're going to have one in your hand. So I just took the wrong road. We know what temptation is. It's very easy. It's not something brilliant. It's actually something stupid. Because we know what to do. Now, when you look at this word temptation, the Bible speaks about it. It says, all of us have strayed away like sheep. We have left God's path to follow our own. Yet the Lord laid on him the iniquity and the guilt of the sins of us all. In other words, the reason we need forgiveness is because we take the wrong road. Some of you here this morning, in the last week, God said, go straight. You went left. You found yourself in a mess. You need his forgiveness. Some of you in the past, God said, don't date that person. Don't go to that theater. Don't take that party as part of your place. Now today, you find yourself with a sexually transmitted disease pregnant, lost your job. How did all those things happen? Just took the wrong road. I knew what to do, but I just took the wrong road. See, that's what temptation, well, who tempts us? Does God, does God tempt us? No, in fact, let me read you the book of James says God doesn't tempt us to do evil. He tests us. But he doesn't tempt us. Let me read it to you. James 1. When tempted, no one should say, God has tempted me, for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. But each one is tempted by his own evil desire. He is dragged away and enticed. So, first of all, understand this. Inside of me, I have this old sin nature. I'm saved, but it still kind of wants to rule. It still wants to direct me here. It still wants to get even when somebody hurts me. Now, I know that's wrong, but that's my own sin nature. You see, 1 John 2.6 says, The lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life. Well, those things are, are tools of temptation. So I'm my worst enemy quite often because inside of me, I have this weakness to go down the wrong road. Well, why should I pray daily for God not to lead me into temptation? What does that sound like? Well, it sounds like I know that I can be tempted... By the way, when you think that prayer says, lead me away from temptation, how often can I expect to be tempted? Could I be expected to be tempted today? No, I'm a Christian. I'm I'm in church. Oh, you can be tempted in church. Really? Sure. How many of you have thought of everything spiritual this morning how you've been in church? Some of you already planned your lunch. Fries, double order, of whatever. Sermon isn't that boring, that's your problem. (laughs) Hallelujah. (laughs) It's your problem. See, the lust of the flesh. Hagendosh, you'll never even be back to the service now. Your mind's gone for the next 20 minutes. (laughs) You can think of double chocolate chip, man, you got it now. Peanut butter on top. I I better quit or lose everybody. (laughs) So, I'm going to be tempted daily by my own sinful nature, but notice the last part of the verse: look at it and protect me from the evil one, the evil one. Do you believe in a Do you believe in a real Satan, really? You mean a, a real person that's the devil? You're kidding me. He's not a figment of somebody's imagination. It's not a force. It's a real person that could actually be involved in tempting me? Well, yeah. Did Jesus believe in the real devil? When was Jesus introduced to the real devil? Hmm? In heaven before the earth was created. You see, Satan was an angel who took the wrong road. He was tempted to become like God. He wanted to be worshipped as God. Because of that, he was thrown out of heaven. One third of the angels went with him, which are the demons today. And their whole goal is to defeat you and defeat you and defeat you and defeat you and defeat defeat me. And they started with temptation. Jesus knew this well. Right after he announced his ministry on earth, he was led by the spirit into the wilderness and he was tempted for 40 days by Satan. Now, Peter's another guy that failed many times. In fact, one time Jesus said to Peter, Pete, get behind me. Because you're being used as an agent of Satan. Look what Peter writes. Be self-controlled and alert. Your enemy, number one, is yourself. But number two, it's Satan. The devil prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. It's not a figment of your imagination. It's a real person. What should I do? Resist him, standing firm in the faith, because you know your brothers throughout the world are undergoing the same kind of suffering. You see, Satan's very wise. He's very clever. He wants to destroy me, and he wants to destroy you. He knows how to tempt us. He's been doing it since the Garden of Eden. Last week, we learned one of the greatest temptations is simply to live life. And this is where he is supreme, is to live life without God. I don't need God. All my neighbors around me today, that's what Satan has lied to them. You are your own God. You don't need God. You're a good enough person. Just live your own life. That's what he tempted them to do. Some of you here this morning, same way. Well, I came because a friend of mine but I really don't need God. Who put that thought in your mind? Satan. Because that's his goal. He doesn't want you to be with God. He's got you already. There's only two kingdoms. And if you're not a Christian, you're already in his kingdom. So as we look at this this morning, notice what this prayer is. I'm saying to God, God, help me not to be overcome by temptation and help me to defeat Satan. This is an incredible part of this prayer, this Lord's Prayer. It's a safeguard. It's against this presumption, this self-security, this uh, self-sacrifice, self-sufficiency that I can do life by myself. No, I can't do life by myself. In my daily prayer, what I'm saying to God is, God, steer me away from temptation. God, you know my strengths. You know, my weaknesses help me not to be tempted in those areas where I'll be weak and resist. Don't allow me to be, well, overwhelmed by Satan's temptations and devices. Now, I have to say to you honestly, as I studied that this week, most of the other parts of the Lord's Prayer I I routinely do in, in just different ways. But I don't know, as I looked at my own life, and I'll ask you the same, In the last week, did you once say to God, protect me from doing stupid things? Protect me against Satan? I consciously haven't. But that's what God says to do. In other words, be aware that there's spiritual warfare in your life today. And that Satan's goal is to steal and kill and destroy.
0: No matter how horrendous an act of wrongdoing has been committed against us, the Bible clearly teaches us that we're to forgive the wrongdoer. In today's edition of Lessons for Living, Pastor Mark taught us the importance of this crucial practice in our Christian faith. In our study, we learned that no matter how hard it might seem to do so, God gives us the strength we need to forgive then you can share today's message directly on your facebook page twitter feed or send a link via email you can even embed today's message directly again to share today's message with friends and family members log on to lessonsforlivingradio.com click on the radio program button then simply click on today's date you'll find all the options to share each of us faces temptation on a daily basis Whether it's the temptation to bend our diet a little or to manipulate our taxes, temptation comes in many shapes and sizes. In our next edition of Lessons for Living, Pastor Mark will teach us the importance of acknowledging temptation and how we should pray daily against it. In our study, we'll also learn that God provides a means of escape, whether big or small. You've been listening to Lessons for Living with Pastor Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne.